No. Nope. I'll do it. Hold on. There, it's, it's gone. What do you think of that opening? Dude, that was awesome. And I saw the video when it first came out and I love it. And I love it even more now. Yeah, that was uh, Ronnie Gonzalez's uh, footage back when he was with, I just said it, but I forgot. Like I was just texting him two seconds ago. Blue Falcon Media. He's not with, Falcon, yep. he's not with it. I don't know. But um, yeah, I found that and I figured I'd throw it on there. And I like the, the song Patriot by Eddie Vedder, even though it may not be as as patriotic as they say, I'm a little discombobulated because I have one, two, three, I have four monitors. And then technically I'm looking at all the monitors. I've, I'm inundated with TV screens. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with my hands. We'll figure it out. Ricky Bobby. Welcome everyone live from quarantine. Uh, do you know what though? I kind of like it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> So now you know how retirement feels when you finally don't know what to do. And you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? It's, now you know. The first week sucked, right? Because I I was like legit locked down because we thought I had COVID. And then, I, you know, I have access to, to tests and stuff like that. And I took a test uh, a few days later and it was negative. And then I took one a week later and it was negative. And I'm like, I don't fucking I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. So then it was just like. You know, I'm staying in my house uh, and stuff like that, but I can, the best part about it, and I've, I've brought this up, I think before in the past is that yep. I love sleep. All right. Even when I was in the air force, yeah. we'd, have like a, we'd have like a, I don't know, a 4am, 3am uh, wake up time. I hated it. Never got used to it. I, I like nights. Don't get me wrong. I like to work all night. I think that's, that's fun as hell, especially in airports. Right. So. NVGs and stuff, but no, I'm not a morning person. Never been a morning person. I'm a big loser when it comes to mornings. Uh, now during the time that I'm supposed to be commuting to work, I'm sleeping. And All it's, day. I, it's great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's great. <laughs> now I'm still on call and uh, you know, if someone's sick, they can call me and then I can do, so I'm working technically all day. It's just different. Um, but, and then here's the other thing too, right? For, for a veteran with TBI slash PTSD, it's like, okay, here's the rules. Stay home. Don't go out. Um, lock yourself in a room. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Okay. This all sounds good. <laughs> Where, when am I supposed to be pissed? I was pissed the first few days um, just because, eh, you know, no one likes to be told what to do. Oh, uh, hell no. Who likes to be told what to do? Yeah. I have a few days left. Uh, I was going to tonight was supposed to be a very special episode. A very special episode of 21 Gun. And I was going to shave my beard live. Actually, I was going to use this camera. Oh, I don't have it up right now. I was going to use this camera and uh, go into the bathroom, which is right over there. And I was going to shave my beard. But I don't think my kids are ready for it yet. I know it sounds crazy, but my kids only know me with a beard. And once about five years ago, I shaved it and my kids wouldn't look at me. My daughter has a at a all? beard. No, no, no. She had the teddy bear and she would hold it up like this when I would talk because she was so free. She's like, who's this man that sounds like daddy, but he looks nothing like 
daddy? Like, who is this creepy dude in our house? He's bringing in mail, but he's not the mailman. <laughs> Wait, that's a different guy. Is he ever? Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, so what I've been doing, if you can tell, you can kind of tell, I kind of have the Jack Mandeville beard going where I've been, oh, yeah. I've been slowly reducing it in size. I went from a, a six to a five to a four to, I think this is a three. Tomorrow's going to be a two. The mustache is not being trimmed. Uh, and it's going to stay getting those mutton chops going. I've made the decision that, yeah, it's, I, I'm not getting, no, no, no mutton chops. But I the, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let's bring up our first video. Uh, in my mind, in my mind, uh, I feel like this is what I would look like with a mustache. Oh, that's not it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You had it. All right. Pull that up, Jamie. Did you share your audio? Yes. Hmm. Can't hear it. No worries, though, because it's not about the audio in this. I mean, it is. This is uh, Instructor Pastone. He's freaking hysterical. But um, I don't know why I gave you the video where it's just this dude's face. You'll see him here in a minute. Him. That's, I feel like, hold on. Okay, pause it. Okay, ready? And I'm going to pull up. So you got an angle there. I'll pull up this one. Yo, gotta get that that. Let me pull. Okay, so we have we have uh, instructor Pastone, and then me. <laughs> All right, yeah. I just get get rid of the Pestone. other side. Get rid of here and just right here, and you'd be spot right. on. Yeah, I don't think I look as tough as him. <laughs> His ears are way bigger. the The problem with the mustache, uh, you could pull that down. The problem with the mustache uh, is that. Few people, when I go on hikes, there's a lot of people that can pull it off. Few people can pull off the mustache. Uh, our own, I forget what his title is, but Nate McDonald pulls off a great Yes, mustache. epic stash. You could. Stash. So am I, are you old enough to know who the, the donut guy is from Time to Make the Donuts? On um, I uh, may, Maybe. He's this fat guy that would come on and be like, time to make the donuts. And he had this mustache. He just looked like he looked like the guy that should be selling you a car or whatever. So there's there's like a you can hit a home run or you look like a douchebag. And it's like one or the other. So I'm afraid to pull right. the trigger. I'm going to, obviously. Uh, I think you should. But I think we're going to wait till next week. I'm going to give my kids one more week on the beard and then it goes <laughs> next week. And for all those, this is all related because quarantine means I have to, I have to, when I come back to work and see patients, I have to wear a N95 and I can't have a beard with an N95. So brilliant. This is really captivating information. You guys are probably yeah. to your sense. Yeah, right I think your next hike is going to be seeing you as baby face again. So it's going to be kind of weird. It, it is weird. I'm going to look a, a lot younger. Uh, people always say, cause I don't have wrinkles despite my age, which is kind of, uh, a weird thing about me. It's a genetic thing. So I, I look like I'm 30 when I shave and people are like, who's this guy? Careful gentlemen. He is married. That's right. That's right. At, at least I am for now. Well, that's awful. That was a bad joke. Wait till, uh, the, wait till the mustache goes away. <laughs> So uh, let's get back into, let's let's start from scratch. Thanks for checking out 21 Gun Podcast. As always, the official podcast of Urban Warriors. If you haven't noticed, we have Jeremy right here in the, I like to call it the control room now. I'm going to start calling you producer Jeremy because technically you're the producer of the show. Uh, you're supposed to make sure everything works just like that video without sound. We won't go there right now though. Um, oh man. Yeah, that's, that's your title. So for now on, you're going to be PJ. <laughs> Producer Jeremy. Tonight we have a uh, former Marine 
Babby Garcia from Military Veterans in Journalism. Really looking forward to have her on. We're going to talk to her about transitioning from a jarhead to journalism. That actually sounds like the name of a book, doesn't it? Jarhead to Journalist. Don't, yeah. That, she's writing that, it down right now. She's in the green room. Don't write that down. That's mine. I'll sell it to you later. Um, yeah. Besides that, how's life, Jeremy? How's, uh, how's things been? I haven't seen you since the hike and since my quarantine started. The When I say hike, I mean, which one were we on last? Was that Fayetteville? That was Fayetteville. Yeah. I haven't seen you. Because you brought your dad. Yeah. Yeah. How's your device? Has it been that quick? long? Jesus. Yeah. It's been that oh. long, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been good, man. I, uh, I actually bought a house. It's, um, congratulations for those, for those of you who know me, I can't stop talking about it, but you know, it's first time ever buying a home. It's being built from the ground up. I got to choose all the interior stuff from the counters, the floors, et cetera, et cetera, the other day. So I'm quite happy with what I chose. I shared it with a bunch of friends and they gave me wonderful and horrible feedback all at the same time, but it's my <laughs> house. So fuck you. It's mine. And, well, that's, uh, isn't that one of the things in veterans? It's like veterans will just talk shit all day about you right in front of your face, but <laughs> defend you all night long behind oh, your back. All all, well, so, um, it's the other way around. Civilians will talk shit about you behind your back, but talk nice and, about you. Yeah. Your, face. <laughs> your face. Oh, you're such an amazing person. Did you hear he's a fucking prick? Yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. That sounds about I right. Know. And, and you know what's funny? Like I saw that meme about where veterans will, will always um, defend them defend their friends behind their back yeah it's so true like i've been on hikes and and someone's not someone didn't make it like someone did, <laughs> didn't make it on the hike they just passed out halfway through no someone didn't make it to the hike and then people just talk nothing but awesomeness about whoever's not there oh i haven't seen so-and-so they're doing great they're, they're and it's like yeah that marine or marine that uh meme is so true um it really is i like it's it's weird how accurate military memes are anything else is kind of eh, you put a military meme out there and they're pretty much all true Whoa, that was a loud noise. Um, tis the season, Jeremy. It's a, I'm going to call it holiday season um, because people are starting to do, I know the grunt style guys are doing their, what is it? 20 days, 24 days, 10 days, something of doing nice things. There's something going on there. It's for profits, not non-profits. Non-profits, we just try to reach out in other ways. Um, well, yeah. But with that said, pull up the uh, the Grunt Style shirts. I don't know if you guys have have heard this yet, but Grunt Style has partnered with um, uh, I was going to say Reverend Warriors. Reverend Warriors, thank you. And uh, <laughs> they have a shirt on there, so uh, check it out. It says not all heroes wear pants. Twenty uh, percent of the proceeds of those shirts go to Reverend Warriors, which is basically they're they're selling it to us at cost, which is freaking awesome to them. So that partnership is is really cool. Everyone knows Grunt Style; they're like the biggest name in, in apparel. They also have women's cut shirts. Can you pull that one up too? Oh man, all these ads! Gosh, should not have watched all that porn. Yeah, crazy. Oh yeah, and here, here's your women's cuts. And I've actually have and I bought one for my wife. Yeah, that's just you bought the you bought the last small. See this? Last, it's no more smalls. Blame that's Kevin on that one. Me too. It's nice and tapered. But um, yeah, definitely go over there, check it out. Um, I already mentioned twenty percent go to to IW. So that's great. Uh, so buy one, you cheap sons of bitches. Uh, the shirts are both men's men's and women. And uh, if you don't, let's say you're like, you know what, I'm not really into that shirt. Then go over to irreverentwarriors.com and hit their merch. And buy a shirt from them. Same thing. Proceeds. We're we're funding these uh, hikes, and it's it's through people like you taking that time to to make those. Oh, donations. not just their shirts, man. You got to get their silkies. You got to get. I mean, he, there's so much that you can that you can get from the site. You know. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So sweet. So check that out too. And this will be my last plug. I'm going to do this really one, this one really quick. If you really want to um, help out the official podcast of the Red Mount Warriors, you can go over to 21gun.net. And oh, you know what? I thought I was wearing. <laughs> totally oh, missing. yeah. You just changed it. <laughs> you cannot buy this shirt. This is 22 until Valhalla. I forgot I was wearing this. Shout out to Guff McGuffey, um, Marine. Uh, awesome. Never mind. So fuck, don't buy Epic one of my shirts. I don't fail. care. <laughs> Epic fail. Go, go to, go to, uh, irreverent warriors or head over to, um, uh, the other one grunt style announcements. We're going to do a Christmas episode this year. So, um, actually we did one last year, this one, now that we kind of have the idea on how to run a live stream, we're going to go over to revival 1869. Last year was the same thing. Revival 1869 in the heart of Clayton. It's run by a Marine. Uh, his co-owner is a big supporter of the military. There's Mike Stojic and Malia Christie. Um, they said, yeah, have at it. So we're going to go to uh, Revival 1869. Look it up. I don't remember the address. It's in Clayton, North Carolina. Uh, and I would love you guys to go because they're a bar. And we know that through these <clears throat> totally unconstitutional shutdowns of businesses, uh, <laughs> A lot of them have lost money. Now they're doing well now because they were allowed. Um, the people that we elect to office has decided to grant us our, our freedoms. Uh, and they are, are open once again. But I thought, what a great idea. We have a lot of irreverent warriors in the area. Come on down, uh, buy some whiskey. It's, it's all good whiskey. I mean, it's everything. They do, um, what do you call it? They call it craft cocktails. So they might make a, an old fashioned or uh, what's that one with the mule, the donkey? punch the moscow punch. mule yes wait what is it moscow mule yes the moscow everything the everything donkey they make. punch what the <laughs> the donkey punch so they make everything right there from scratch they like i mean they're cut i mean it's just awesome so it's such a cool place so come on down uh we're gonna set up a few cameras we're gonna do interviews on the spot this is actually kind of what we were gonna do last weekend before we got quarantined um so we couldn't do that up in garner so we're gonna do it again hopefully knock on wood i don't get quarantined again uh december 15th december 15th write it down now if you're in the area december 15th come down to revival 1869 and help our friends out it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll give away t-shirts um not 21 gun t-shirts it's just one of jeremy's old uh wife beater t-shirts i think we'll look i have, you know what i have never point. owned a wife beater in my entire life are you serious not one like, and when you say that, I mean, are you just talking about a white crew neck? Okay. Shirt I've never been a wife beater and I've never worn a wife beater, which means I've also never worn a man who beats his wife either. So just to clarify for those of who you don't have to, it's just the name of the shirt. It's probably not in the 21st century. That's probably not a uh, PC thing to say, is it? I guess we'll just say <sighs> one, of Jeremy, one of Jeremy's sweaty old armpit t-shirts. We will give away and that is worth money. So uh, look forward to that. Speaking of next week, we're going to be doing our show next week on a Wednesday instead of Thursday because Wednesday night is Thanksgiving Eve. Is, is that a big thing where you were, where you grew up? Thanksgiving Eve? Thanksgiving Eve? No, it was other than we tried not to pick at anything that was being made the day prior. Hell no. It's There's Thanksgiving. There's Christmas Eve. Thanksgiving Eve in New England is huge. And and I guess in some other places too, because other people have told me that they've uh, they've enjoyed it. But yeah, back home, what it means is like everyone, like especially when, when I was in the service or in college or whatever, uh, Thanksgiving Eve is when everyone comes home. And so then everyone goes out to the local bars and it's like till three in the morning. And it's fantastic. Yeah, that's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm surprised you haven't heard of that. Anyways, Thanksgiving Eve, we're going to do our show at 8 p.m. 
Um, I don't know who's going to be on. I think I have a guest. I just <laughs> didn't write it down. So you'll just, it'll be a surprise. I'll let you know on Monday. We have three hikes remaining this year, guys. November 21st, which is this weekend, San Antonio, Texas. I love San Antonio, Texas. One of my favorite places in the world. Um, I've never been to that hike. I've never been to a hike in Texas. So uh, someday I'll make it down there. Uh, awesome, awesome place. If you guys haven't been to Texas, now's your chance. Head on down. Go on Eventbrite. Buy a, a, a ticket. They're free, but you can, you know, donate money. I always, I always screw that part up. You can donate money to, or, or whatever. Uh, then December 5th, Las Vegas. So Las Vegas is with uh, Yonel. Oh, I'm going to mess up his last name. Do, do, eh, whatever. Yonel. Uh, is out in Las Vegas. Awesome dude. This is his first hike. And I got to get him on the podcast because this, he was like in all five branches. <laughs> he was like, yeah, and I might be screwing that up. And maybe it was four, but I want to say he was like Coast Guard, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, Army. And I want to also say he was a helicopter pilot. Um, maybe he was a medic or something. I don't know. Really it's cool. The whole gamut, man. He's just, I'm going to do it all. He's the no lead coordinator deal. out there. Um, I also have my friend Zach Baker. If you're interested in that, he uh, go to 21gum.com. I mean, .net. Look at the past uh, podcast. Zach Baker was a member of a TV show called 60 Days In, where he actually went undercover to be Ooh. a um, uh, inmate and to kind of rat on and tell everyone where the drugs were coming in. Uh, really cool uh, thing. It was on a &E, but he's going to be out there because um, that's where he's from. And December 12th, Jeremy's going to be at that one. Am I pointing in the right direction? I'm not. Jeremy's going to be at that one. Uh, uh, I just forgot the. Tell me, Jeremy, where is it going to be? I have it, but I forget. Key West, oh, Florida. Key West, Florida. Key West, Florida. How did I forget that? Key West, Florida, December 12th, the Christmas party know. the night before. They have sequins and silkies. Is, did I get that silkies part right? Silkies and sequins. Silkies and sequins. Uh, a lot of fun. I don't know. I assume the tickets are still available for silkies and sequins. So uh, last I did check, which was, I think, this morning ish there was like 30 left only 100 available total due to covid restrictions so if you're looking to get your tickets to come to the night before event look on the main page for silkies and sequins tickets are 25 dollars a piece and that goes towards the hike so and that goes also towards your food it goes towards the live music that's going to be there it's a really nice night well i went last year with a great group of friends including a bunch i met last year and it's been Besides Raleigh being the best, it was probably the best hike I've been to. Do you want to just notice as you were talking? Because when you talk, I can actually pull it up. There was like a little arrow on your head. Watch, I'll pull you up again. And then right here, do you see that? Do you see that little arrow right in the middle? I think that's been on our broadcast this whole time. Maybe wow. Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> Man, we are pros at this. I, so I just took it away. It's gone. I could put up the old one. Hold on. Let me put up the old one. <laughs> that was so weird. Here's the old one. It's like, am I supposed to look that way? Is there something are you like signaling me? Is that what you're doing? It happens when we go on the fly. What else do we have? Um, oh, crap. It's We're 15, we're 19 minutes in. Man, we had a lot of announcements today. We didn't do our Warrior of the Week. This one I did last year. Actually, it was the last Christmas episode I did, but we were still kind of growing and we didn't have many people. So I figured I can do this one again because this guy is my favorite veteran. I can't say that. I got a lot of favorite veterans, but this guy is a pretty freaking badass veteran. Pull up his, uh, his picture, Jeremy. I got you right now, buddy. So the Warrior of the Week is Joe Medicine Crow. Besides having one of the coolest fucking names of the Warriors of the Week thus far, uh, he also has one of the baddest stories. So Joe Medicine Crow is the last individual to become a war chief in the Crow Nation. 
He never intended on being a, a, a war chief, but he was granted the opportunities during World War II in which he served as a scout for the U.S. Army's 103rd Infantry Division. The honor was bestowed upon him by his people when he uh, returned stateside. So without realizing it, during his time as an Army scout in Germany, uh, Joe Crow, wait, is it Joe? Yeah, yeah, Joe Medicine Crow successfully fulfilled a four-time, so basically it's this. If, if you are a member of the Crow Nation, I don't know if this, if, if there's any Native Americans out there, you can maybe clear this up. I don't know if there's other nations that kind of do the same thing. But if you successfully, or no, you first have to touch an enemy without killing them, take an enemy's weapon, lead a successful war party, and steal an enemy's horse. So uh, he accompanied, or he accomplished the first and second task after he walked around a corner straight into a German soldier. After they struggled, he disarmed the German and was about to kill him, but the German started calling out for his mom. So uh, Medicine Crow let him go. The third and fourth were completed when he led a group of soldiers on a raid to a, a SS encampment. And as they were doing the raid, he snuck in and stole the SS's horses. Um, and that was it. He did his four things. He came back and they made him uh, a, a true uh, war. What, what do they call it? A war. I just said it at the beginning. War chief. And, War and I chief, guess he yeah. was the last, he was the last ever to have that, at least through the Crow Nation. He died in 2012. Here's the other cool thing. He died in 2012. The Nazis couldn't kill him and time couldn't kill. Well, eventually, I guess time kills everyone, but he was 102. 102 years old. 102. Um, so, yeah. So with that said, Joe Medicine Crow, I raise my glass to you tonight. I don't have anything fancy to say except for that. You're awesome. And I wish I had a chance to meet you when you were alive. Yeah, that's, I mean, could you, could you imagine the stories that guy had? Well, I was, I was thinking like, there's no easy way to do that. There's no easy way to like picture it like in Afghanistan, you got to steal. I mean, that's probably your best chances because I didn't see any horses in Iraq. Maybe there were, I didn't see any, uh, a lot of sheep, goats and stuff like that. So mm. you would have to be in Afghanistan. You would have to, I guess, touch a Taliban and not kill them or uh, uh, ISIS or whoever was fighting over there. I don't even know. I can't keep track of who's where. They're bad guys. But those sons of bitches, they don't, they die, they fight to the end, right? So good oh, yeah, luck with that. Yeah. So you got to take his weapon, touch him, let him go, and then steal his horse and do a successful. So you have to be an NCO because uh, you got to uh, lead a party. Although I suppose someone who's not an NCO can lead a, um, a scout party. But yeah, really, really cool story. Um, we got a few more minutes before we bring on uh, Babby Garcia. Let's go into military videos of the week. Jeremy, do you want a feel good moment? I always want a feel good moment, Kevin. Last week, last week I had a, a video that was guaranteed to make you cry. I'm going to pull it out. Right. So I think we were talking like, uh, I might've mentioned this last week. I'm, I'm always looking for stuff to share on the, the IW podcast. And I find this one and the guy's actually going to come on. His name is, uh, I'm going to mess it up. It's, uh, an, an Asian name. Uh, God damn it. I wish I had it up here. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's a cop and he does, um, He's got a huge following on Instagram. That's how I found him. But he put up this thing and it's a kid. Do you know what? I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. Let's just say you add a kid and then the kid cries and then waterfalls. Like you can't, I guarantee you the toughest of tough Marines that are out there. You will melt when you watch this video. We're not going to show it this week. Oh, this, week is going okay. to be, this week is going to be a, a feel good uh, story. So pull up the um, Vietnam guy. So this guy uh, is a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he hadn't fired that weapon. That's an M60 uh, in like 40 years. This is a little old. I think this is like a 10-year-old uh, video. Uh, but check this. He didn't forget. He didn't forget. He remembers how to do it. Whenever you're ready, Charles. 
cuts off. I'll say it ready to go. Oink, oink. Remember, this guy's a Vietnam vet. He's not having any of this. He's gonna, he's gotta change it up. Pink thing on safe. What's that? Shoot that pink thing. A pink thing. Oh. Oh. Got it. Yeah, it's on safe. Yep. It's like I don't need a. I don't need a tripod. <laughs> I'm gonna hold this motherfucker. <laughs> Something tells me that's a more modern version of the M60 that he than he was used to. Yeah. Well, fitted with a pistol grip. Yeah, they didn't have that back then. There you go. The M60 didn't have a pistol grip. No. It had have? that charge. It had that charging handle. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Yeah, look at that! Look at that web belt! Look at the smile on his face. This is shooting therapy. Who was it that told us they take out? It was the guy from um, a few weeks ago. He takes veterans out shooting. Um, I'd have to. I'd have to look back again. Yeah, shoots it from the hip. The guy's like 65 years old. Look at the smile on his face. God, that makes me happy. Makes me so happy. All right, you can pull that down. I yeah, if I couldn't if I had a chance to do all that, man, that'd be just guns that you that we don't use today just to get a chance to feel what what yeah. it was like. Well, I think what's what's really cool is I, I don't know, there's something about it. Like we head up to um Nick Cervantes friend's house, Joe. Ah, I forget his name. Joe. Yeah, his name is Joe, but yeah, we shooting up there. Yeah. And we go up there and there's usually I mean, we've had like eight guys up there at a time, and we'll just blow through ammo and it's such a freaking good day. Uh, you know, as busy as I am, I can never stay for like two hours like I would yeah. like to. I can stay for, I don't know, an hour and just shoot some rounds, but it's a lot of fun. All right, what what time is it? Eight twenty six. All right, we're getting on the story. Eight twenty six. And one more. Okay, so this one. Did you ever have to sit firewatch? I assume you did. I assume every, you <laughs> what did. marine has not served firewatch? If you haven't served firewatch, you have not served. That's basically you stay up all night, right? And it's just a haze. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then like, if someone's trying to get into the barracks, you have to check their ID and all that garbage. Well, you have to call your your general orders and then you know all that stuff. But yes. <laughs> Air Force didn't have that. We had something. I think we had security detail. Same thing, but uh, it was it's retarded. Anyways, the I, I keep using that word. I'm trying to keep myself from using that word. We are a family friendly fucking podcast. The fuck um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Air Force of all groups, of course, is going to find the best way to keep fireworks. So I would say uh, security detail, and that is with robots. Check these out. This is down in Eglin Air Force Base. That's how I dance on a dance floor. <laughs> and it's just, it messes with your brain because you look at it and you're like, oh, that's a, that's an animal. Make sure you're wearing your mask. I've done my AI um, uh, spiel on this show, right? I'm obsessed with artificial intelligence. Yes, because Skynet will be soon. Yeah. Well, it will. Uh, I won't get into it this. We don't have time for me to get into it this way. Okay, so that's the robot. That's what's going to be guarding Eglin Air Force Base. <laughs> These things are going to be walking around. Um, pull up the next video because I saw this, and this just today popped up on my feed. This is a pretty new video. This isn't new. 
you know, I'm going to put our, our pictures up there so they don't pull us off of Facebook. Oh, Black so there, Mirror. There's that Good same show. thing that we saw. Good That's show. That's the same thing we just saw, though, right? Look at it. It is. Wow. And look what it's doing. This is our future. Uh oh. If you guys haven't seen Black Mirror, if you like science fiction and you're like, uh, you know, all this futuristic stuff, check out Black Mirror. I wish I never saw Black Mirror because that would mean I have like six seasons to watch. It's such an awesome uh, show. But this is what I picture happening. How is this not going to happen? Jeremy, you tell me how when we make those robot things that run around Eglin Air Force Base, how does it not turn to this? Now, we might say, yeah, but, you know, in 20 years. No, no, no. I'm talking like 300 years from now when AI starts really taking over and stuff. How do we not have that happen? I, I'm telling you, man, it's it, it's I think I don't think we're I wouldn't say we're not far off. We're definitely close enough to where it can happen. And I'm talking, there's an old school movie that used to come out or that used to show it's called screamers of these little robot things that were under the ground that would scream if you went outside. And it's, (laughs) and it's, it's basically the mechanical version of tremors. Great movie. But can you imagine the defense of a hometown surrounded by these mechanical things protecting you and your, I mean, it's insane. Every time you pull up, if you pull up military.com or something, they're talking about uh, autonomous weapons, things that are flying around, that are picking their targets. Uh, that shit's scary, man. I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things like um, nukes. I think that maybe at some point everyone's going to say, do you know what? No, you can't do that. If you're going to drop a bomb on a target in downtown Baghdad, then there needs to be a human behind that. Um, it just makes sense. I mean, I mean, I know we're already not doing it, but at least there's a human flying them at, um, yeah, the whole, the whole automation, the automaton stuff is just crazy. It's we, we've made plenty of movies about that and we know those don't end well. So why would we do that? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it's a good move and read the book, uh, our final invention horror book. It's a horror story. It's nonfiction. Uh, this guy, James Barrett, if you're ever interested in hearing his story, head over to waitwhatif.com, my original podcast from many years ago. Uh, I interviewed him, the author of that book, and he gets into detail. Then when I was done interviewing him, especially after reading that book, you're just like, oh, shit. Damn it. Well, shit. We're screwed. 100%. We're screwed. That's his thing. Counting rounds. How much ammo do I have? Yeah. Speaking of which, I just got a nice shipment in and we won't go there. All right. I know where you live. Let's bring on our guest. Hold on. You got her? her Yeah, you bring her up. I'll mess with I'll mess with the cameras watch. We'll do this. Hi, Babby. (laughs) It's actually baby. Baby. Okay. Okay. See, See, I wanted to go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say I wanted to say baby, but then it just sounds odd at the get-go if you don't know. That's like (laughs) walking up to someone going, Hey baby. Oh, that's really her name. It's the story of my life. I've dealt with it in boot camp. I got IT'd for it. I got sent to the sand pit, you know, quite a few times just because drill instructors knew my name. So I'm kind of used to it at this point. Do you feel that you're just always explaining that? I feel bad, but I mean, what do you do? Because I I mean, I, I've never seen the name, so I don't know how to pronounce it. You know, um, I feel like I do have to explain it like almost every time I'm introducing myself to a new person. <laughs> but you know, it's just the story of my life. I hated it, you know, growing yeah. up. I used to be bullied for it by boys. 
Um, but you know, I just learned to live with it and it just makes me more unique and it, it makes me stand out. And I just decided to run with it. Absolutely. You got to embrace that. My son is a redhead named Matteo, but we pronounce it Matteo because his grandfather was Sicilian. But um, yeah, it's just that was the family. The way we said it was Matteo, which is not the way anyone says it. So everyone calls him Matteo. I'm like, dude, just run with it. it it's not a big deal. Uh, it's the same name. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing is it was named, like I was named after a movie. It was Dirty Dancing. My father is a huge fan. And, um, Your dad, okay. Yeah, it's dad's fault. But, you know, I, you know, I appreciate him now for it because he knew that I was special. And me and Jennifer Grey, we love to <laughs> dance. She was doing a lot of it in the movie. And um, so I appreciate it a whole lot more now. Look on the bright side, okay? Um, as a woman named baby, it's, you, you said you got teased, but you still have more of a pass than if it was a guy that was named something similar from an eighties movie, right? He would get, imagine going to, well, I was gonna say, imagine going to boot camp with a name like that, but you did, uh, did they give you any shit? Did the drill instructors jump on you or how did that work out? Oh, absolutely. Like they attempted to, you know, like first they try to pronounce it. And then um, I would say this recruit's name is Baby. And then they would get mad. Um, and then they would send me to the sand pit and do push-ups and um, side shuttle hops and all that. Um, and, you know, it was kind of funny looking at it, but it's kind of expected. Drill instructors did just love to mess with you for anything, even your birthday, I, which I also yeah. got, you know, sent to the sand pit for because I turned 21 on my um, while I was in boot camp. So that was another oh, no. thing. Hey, did they ever, when we were in OCS, uh, it was a gag to send your buddy. So you met underclassmen. I, I forget what we called them. Like different classes would come through and you'd befriend people. Like if you're at the library, cause yes, officer can't school in the air force. You actually have to write papers and stuff. And, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so you would, you would get someone's address. And then when you left, you would send him like a blow up doll, um, a bath <laughs> full of dildos, women's underwear, <laughs> just so when he, we got him or he got it at the at, at OCS, they would tear into him. Oh, um, did we have, I guessing, I'm guessing you're asking like, if we had a recruit, like who received something in the mail. Yeah. And I, guess, then, I never asked a Marine if that stuff happened. Did you guys play that game? Oh, yeah. hmm. I don't think that there was anything crazy that was sent to one of the female recruits in my platoon. Um, but personally, I could tell you, my mother, she sent me a fucking singing birthday card. Oh, yes. <laughs> my girl. Like, it was for my birthday. And, uh, the, you know, once I got that card, the drill instructor told me to open it up got sent to the sand pit just because <laughs> instantly gone. So she's, she has a, a uh, sense of humor. I would imagine uh, she knows what's up. She knows the game. No, it's not the freaking like my <laughs> mom. I will always give her shit for it because I told her specifically like to not send me things where drill instructors will fuck me up. But <laughs> she did it anyways. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's just one of those funny times. Like I'll never forget. Let's talk about, now that we're talking about the core, what, what, what brought you into the Marine Corps? Well, I didn't 
my original intentions weren't to serve. Like I, I feel like serving in the military was the furthest thing from my mind. I feel like I wasn't mentally prepared or physically strong enough to serve. And um, I walked into a recruiter's office when I was 19 years old and, um, you know, just filled out paperwork, wanted to get more information. I didn't decide right then and there. I took a year to really think about, you know, if this was the right path for me. Um, and it was, I decided I wanted to enlist because I lacked a lot of discipline. I felt like I was spoiled and I wasn't really, you know, kind of seeking my full potential, working as a bartender, um, as a representative for a New York sports clubs um, in New Jersey, where I used to live. And, you know, I just felt like it was time to serve and to be greater and to be my best self. So, yeah. And um, since then, you know, it, it has brought the best out of me. Sure. That's, that's a real, that's a real common theme is the idea that, I mean, it's the same thing with me. Like you're, you're doing a job or whatever and you're like, this can't be it. This can't be life. Um, you know, there's things to complain about in active duty. Absolutely. But you know, when you're sitting in an office job or something you don't like, and you're in, you're young, something about that age too, because when you're 19, you feel like you're an adult. <laughs> Technically you are science would say it's maybe around 26, but your twenties are coming up and you're like, well, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And a lot of people go the military route. And what, what a, a fascinating statistic nowadays, especially now in the 21st century is that it, it used to be, what did you do wrong? How did you wind up in the military? Why didn't you go to Yale and study? I don't know folklore. No, it, it, it usually meant, or people thought it meant you screwed up somewhere and then you had to go to the military. Nowadays, going to college is the easy route. That's an easy thing to do. It's not easy to get into the military by any stretch of imagination. It's a lot harder actually. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was struggling since day one in boot camp. I, you know, the rifle range, I had to redo it because I onked. So re imagine repeating that part of training all over again and staying on Paris Island a month longer. In <laughs> oh, no. Like from April to August. That's how long I've been in Paris Island. And, you know, when I unked on the range, I was like, I don't know if I have the strength and the determination to keep moving forward because I have to repeat all this training that I've already done. I'm disappointing my family. But at one point I was like, you know, I've come this far just to come this far and I need to keep pushing and I'm going to be the first Marine in my family. And that's what I did. That's awesome. That's the never quit mentality. That's something that that's one of the things that I think uh, is a rift between civilians and, and veterans is that, um, in fact, they have a podcast. I think it's team ever. Well, I always point this out. You might not be able to see it, but, uh, Rob O'Neill signed this picture right here and it says never quit. And, and it's, it's truly the, the reason why it's so unique in the military is that quitting means death. It can absolutely 100% mean death. Uh, and it would take that in a civilian uh, world. And that's one thing, but also have it, if it means death for you, it could mean death to all the other people that you're with. So it's so much more of an intense situation and God, that lesson, that lesson that people take. Uh, and I think that's why boot camp is designed the way it is. That lesson that people take away is just, it's lifelong. 
absolutely. You know, it's, you know, the Marine Corps and not just the Marine Corps, just any branch of service. It really does, um, you know, to earn, to know that you've earned something, whether it's your rank or, you know, just your, your place in the military and your role and just knowing that you're making a difference. It, it truly, you know, it kind of gives you spirit and pride. And that's what, you know, pushing forward through boot camp, MCT, and, you know, through my military career has really taught me. And I'm so humbled by all the experiences, all the leaders that I've met, um, really. And, you know, if the 19 year old me is, you know, giving a high five, you know, like I'm giving a high five to my 19 year old self right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was your MOS? What'd you do in the Marine Corps? I was a 6672 aviation supply inventory specialist kind of clerk. Um, so I was mostly in a warehouse. I was, you know, storing, inventorying, um, keeping track of aircraft material for Cobras, Hueys, B-22s, um, aircrafts like that. And um, so, yeah, I was mostly in the warehouse setting and we were dealing with parts called consumables and you know they range from you know as small as a bolt to um you know hazmat material and making sure like these parts are you know functional for these aircrafts and making sure that we were uh, mission and deployment ready um and uh i guess one of our mottos was you can't fly without supply and <laughs> so i always remember that when it comes to my mos yeah. Uh, I was an aviator and it's absolutely true. I mean, you can't, that plane does not take off without, I don't know, a hundred people behind you working on that. Um, the part where your wheels come off the the deck, that's like the easiest part. That's like <laughs> everything that led up to that is really uh, uh, a, a feat that, that I didn't even understand. I mean, we used to do a lot of airdrops and I had to, like, we would plan an airdrop and the coordination of the army or the Marine Corps, or the Navy, whoever we were working with, uh, making sure the right shoots, making sure the right supplies, making sure it was crazy. Make sure we had the right amount of fuel. And, and that took, that was 90% of it. 10% you get to fly. So people, people that always, you know, have that romantic idea of flying in a cool plane, wearing a cool helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's paperwork. You're just doing paperwork all day long. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, like logistics, organizational, um, management type stuff, like, you know, um, a lot of effort, a lot of team effort that goes into, you know, making sure that, you know, we're, we're ready for our aircrafts to take off. Sure. And now you're a journalist. How did you go from aviation Marine to journalism? That's kind of a, a strange jump. I know. Right. Um, the thing is, I knew that I wanted to be a journalist first before I wanted to serve in the military. I think it was around maybe I was eight years old when I saw ABC's 2020. I would watch Barbara Walters as she's interviewing people like the Menendez brothers or <laughs> um, a celebrity or something like that. And I would ask my mom questions and just kind of be inquisitive about the world and my surroundings. And, um, I love to write as well. So I just kind of like mesh it all together. And I was like, okay, in the high school, I was doing the morning announcements 
And I had an internship, which was unpaid for three months working in radio. And I was like, I could really make a career in journalism, but I didn't really think it seriously until after my military service. And I was like, okay, I'm going to school for this shit. And I really want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, nice. Yeah, if, that's basically how it started. If you could take the term journalism and boil it down to as like the absolute core of what it is and like a, a one to maybe two sentences, what would you say journalism is? Oh, that's hard. Um, but you're, you're, you're testing, uh, you're giving me an ultimate test right now, which is good. Um, accountability, truth tellers. Oh, very good. I, uh, I try to simplify that as short, sweet to the point as I possibly can. Key, key being truth tellers. Um, we live in a weird age of journalism. We don't get political on the show, but we do live in a weird age of journalism where uh, I personally, there's no news source that I, I look at. Um, I, I, you know, I used to, but now I'm like, I don't, I feel like everyone's trying to sell me some sort of snake oil and I'm not buying it. Yeah. I'm an independent minded person. So I don't know. Uh, journalism is, is strange in the 21st century. Yeah, we're in the 21st century. You know, I absolutely agree. You know, social media and digital platforms are definitely making more, um, are causing more misinformation. And the thing is though, journalists have to make sure that they're fact checking their work and pushing out the truth. But as consumers of news, we need to make responsible choices in what outlets um, and what stories we're reading. It's a two-way street, right? It's, um, you know, journalists are communicating what's going on in their communities, how it impacts people. And here is, you know, the consumer trying to absorb that information. And, you know, it's, it's about judgment. It's knowing the red flags when reading a story or you're seeing it on TV. It's, you know, like, as simple as the grammatical errors to, um, you know, just the facts, you know, whatever um, inf pieces of information are inaccurate. Um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of information thrown to you at one time in this generation. You, you had mentioned grammatical errors when I was writing an email to you, one of the many getting back and forth to get you on the show. <laughs> I'm like, did I write that? Did I fuck that whole thing up? Like I was like looking at, I'm like, she's a journalist. I can't just write like, you know, fat finger, everything I'm saying. So I was like, Oh, she's going to be critical of my email. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I am critical of like other people, <laughs> especially my husband's and he is a Marine too, by the way. But you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I, you know, just, I make mistakes too. I'm human. And that's another thing that it's important to get out there. Like, I feel like there's a misconception or some kind of judgment towards journalists where, you know, this whole idea of like fake news and, you know, just journalists getting up all into someone's face for a story just to, you know, like push it out there. But we as journalists, we're human too. We have you know sometimes we don't show it but we have you know emotional attachments to our stories that we're telling 
Some are, you know, as severe or as um, impactful as, you know, covering a mass shooting or, you know, just uh, hurricane disasters, things like that. And that's also something that, you know, I, as a journalist, I'm learning as well. Like, I want to make sure that as a storyteller, I'm sticking to the facts and the fundamentals of what a good journalist is all about. But I'm also trying to have a compassionate heart in, you know, kind of connecting with the people that I'm interviewing and finding the core, the heart of what the story is. Who is who is a journalist in the 21st century? And, and I bring that up because it seems to have evolved slowly over, say, 1776 to, I don't know, <laughs> we'll say 22,000, right? And meaning it was newspapers, it was print, it was magazines, um, and then there was TV, so it kind of evolved a little bit. It was very slow moving. And then uh, maybe even less, maybe over the last 10 years, journalism is like, what? I mean, I was reading a, a story and the guy's tagline, it was like Joe Schmo, TikTok uh, reporter. And I'm like, he's this guy calls himself a journalist and he's a TikTok reporter. Like, what? what is that? You <laughs> know, I feel like nowadays the term journalist, it can be, you know, it can be tossed around. Um, it can be, you know, just associated with many different platforms now. It's just... I think a journalist is someone who effectively, you know, is paying attention to, to worldwide trends. Um, it, someone who is, you know, reporting on, you know, what's happening in the world, keeping people accountable, strengthening our democracy, um, maintaining neutrality, just like those kinds of like basic, you know, those kinds of principles. Um, but there are just so many mediums that someone can tell a story nowadays, you know, um, and it, I understand that it makes it hard to pinpoint what medium a journalist should be covering. Um, right. So um, to be honest, I, I don't know. It's just, it can be a range of things. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, what comes to mind is this guy named Jack. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, Pasobiak, I think his name is. He was a former Marine. Um, he's kind of a alt-right guy, but he, he built his whole audience, I think on Twitter, right? This, this guy's got, uh, and again, like, do, do, do you call him a journalist? He, he goes out to events, he brings a camera, he reports on events really just by aiming the camera at people and millions of people watch that. And I'm like, well, is that a journalist or is journalist something like it's more of a, a, a title an honor? I forget what you call it. Honorific something <laughs> like, uh, when I think of journalists, I think of Walter Cronkite, right. Might've been right. a Democrat. I don't know, but he always gave the, the news based on the facts. And that's, that's kind of what I feel like a journalist should be not a guy running around on Twitter, but Again, I'm old school, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm doing what, like, say, the New York Times did and not keeping up with the changing of technology and how it changes uh, journalism. You know, I believe that a, a great journalist can stem from anywhere. I remember after college, I tried to, you know, kind of take the freelance route. And I had invested in equipment. 
um, maybe around three grand. Um, and I just went to, you know, I researched stories. I told a few of them on my own. And I, I mean, at that point, I considered myself a journalist, even though I wasn't really working for a major news outlet or whatever. I was just trying to report on the issues that was around me. Like, I remember I covered an event. Um, it was about veteran um, fire uh, first responders and um, law enforcement related suicides. Um, because, you know, the statistic is, you know, 22 veterans die per day on um, suicide, which is very unfortunate. Um, so I had an event, I covered it, and I just you published a video and I, um, you know, I just kind of let it take off. And mm. I kind of like showed it to everybody. And I was like, okay, this is what I reported on. This is what I saw. This is who I talked to. And this is something that needs to get more attention. So really, um, it just kind of is a testament to what I believe in, um, you know, effective journalism, as long as you are kind of, you're sticking to the facts and you're doing work that kind of makes change happen. Um, and you're bringing attention to something. That's what I define as a journalist. Sure. And, and, uh, it makes total sense. You might be changing my mind right now. So, uh, <laughs> if a person sticks with the truth, um, and I think there's an ethical portion of that, right? Am I sticking with the truth? Or am I sticking with my truth? If they're sticking with the truth, they're telling a story and someone is consuming that story, then you're a journalist. And, and I guess that can go on YouTube. That could be on Twitter. That could be wherever it is. If you're, if you're relaying that information and people are absorbing it, then yeah. I, I it's funny. I belong to a bunch of journalists. Uh, well, I, I belong to military veterans and journalism and then, uh, a couple others. Uh, and I don't consider myself a journalist. I, I just, I don't think, I don't know. I, I still haven't <laughs> swallowed that pill of storytelling and think, I, I think I'm more, I'm more of a storyteller and I guess this is more of a way to entertain members of our group. But yeah, I, and I think it's funny that they actually allowed me into their little journalism clubs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that you are a journalist because you are telling stories. It's just, um, it's, I feel like it's more kind of like entertainment slash like laid back kind of journalism. It's more relaxed. It's not as hard news, you know, um, it's more softer news. You're, you're asking all of these great questions to your guests and figuring out more about them. And it's, you know, it's the premise of what journalism is about. So I do see aspects of what you're doing now within your podcast. Sure. Yeah. You made me feel a little better about that. Uh, tell us about Military Veterans in Journalism, that organization, because uh, you, you play a role in that. Are you part of the leadership of that organization? Yes, I am. So I was one of the first volunteers on board. We started in um, actually last year around March or April. Um, so Military Veterans in Journalism, we're a nonprofit organization that you know, we're really trying to get veterans hired and placed into newsrooms. Um, Zach Bedurf, he's um, our executive director slash co-founder of the organization. He recently um, 
releasing a, a report on Pointner um, that 7% of the population is consists of veterans and only 2%, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, um, are um, 2% of newsrooms are military veterans. So with that small number in mind, we're trying to amplify our, amplify our voices and, you know, tell these newsrooms that you guys could use our skills and experiences that we inherited and learned from in the military and, you know, strengthen our democracy and newsrooms around the world. So we're just really trying to get um, our brothers and sisters hired and, um, you know, utilize those traits, those um, great qualities that journalists already possess, such as discipline, courage, um, commitment, um, grit, and um, a lot of integrity. Sure. Um, so can military veterans and journalism get me a gig at like a local primetime? I'll give you my, hold on. <laughs> is that good or is that douchey? <laughs> We need Wait. more than that. It's going to take more than uh, your looks. I'll do, it, I'll do it even more. Ready? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No, no, I don't think that'll work out. Um, so one thing I think was interesting from your organization's page, I think I was looking at the two-pager there, is the idea that America is a little um, wary of their journalists and wary of their news and that veterans can bring a sort of um, – uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like, a, a what is it like a veteran? Okay. How about that? I just asked a question. What does a veteran bring to news and bring to journalism that will help ameliorate big word for Marines, uh, the distrust in the, uh, uh, journalism today? You know, it's one of the things that I've learned in the military was attention to detail. And that's something that veterans can definitely bring to newsrooms. Um, you know, you're, you're constantly fact checking and making sure that your sources are, you know, giving you some solid information so that you can keep the public informed. And I believe that with traits such as attention to detail, um, judgment, um, integrity and things of that nature, um, we could really, you know, strengthen newsrooms everywhere. And, you know, it's just, um, for example, uh, we are knowledgeable in weapon systems. That's something that perhaps a civilian may not know. And that is a unique perspective that we as veterans can bring to the table. Um, you know, just knowledge of, you know, military terminology um, rank structure, um, things like that, like the, the technical aspects of the military and covering the military um, beat. And um, so I think those kinds of things is it's kind of like admirable and noble traits that veterans can bring. Sure. I'm going to pass it over to Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, do you have anyone that's been talking on the, the comments there that have any questions for baby? 
So yeah, Brian Bud commented. He says, "Does does baby have a link to the story she was just speaking about with veterans and first responders?" Oh, or first yeah. Responders so suicide? I have a portfolio. It's an online portfolio. Um, it's baby n Garcia myportfolio.com and I'll be happy to also share that link. Sure, and we'll put it up on the show notes. It says we said baby, baby n Garcia at myportfolio.com. Yeah, hold on one second. I'm actually trying to type it in the chat box that I see on my right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that should work. There it is. Oh, wait, I think. Um, is that it? Somebody got it up. Hold on. Let me just verify that real quick. <laughs> no problem. Well, you're working on that. Jeremy, any other questions on the uh, on the message boards? So we also have um, so. Matt Reeves, he, th he said, I think a journalist reports and translates current events no matter what the medium is. And that's what I think the biggest issue with media and being a journalist, however you want to word it, that's the difference between a content creator and a journalist. Content creator, you just kind of create content and right. most of the opinion. Journalism, yes, being it's, it's a lot of opinion, but there has to be fact behind it. And I think that's kind of what we gear towards is we we do our best to gear towards facts. And if we don't do that, then we're just opinion based people. And we're also assholes if we do it wrong. So I think if we can get more people into your position to tell the truth as it is, regardless of what, whatever side you're on, I think we can all be in a better place to provide information amongst each other and be better as a whole amongst journalism. That's my opinion, at least. Cause I'm not a journalist. <laughs> you know, what pisses me off about that is, um, you know, you could, you could be a writer, you could be a, con a, a video creator, whatever it is. And you struggle. You're like, man, I just want to get my, my photos. I want people to see my photos. I want people to read my work. And then you turn on YouTube and some kid farting on the toilet gets 25 million downloads. And you're like, what? It, it's, it's, it's very defeatist. If you watch uh, social media today. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I do apologize. I was looking at my um, portfolio and yes, I verify that it's babyngarcia.myportfolio.com. Awesome. It was well, okay. me if it wasn't correct. And oh, okay. I, I get like very paranoid. Nice. Um, so where can folks get involved with military veterans and journalism? Let's say someone watching right now has a fantastic blog and they say, I want to go to the next level. Sure. Absolutely. So I encourage, um, anyone interested to please check our website out at MVJ, um, dot network. And also you can shoot us an email at info at M M V J dot network. You can also follow us on social media, um, where we post, um, job opportunities, resources, um, we highlight our community. It's M, by the way. M as in um, Mike. Oh, M, VJ. Yeah, M as in Mike. Man. He as in Victor. J as in Juliet. Jeremy Miller. My uh, journalism. Come on, Marine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the. Well, I'm deaf in one ear, so I heard N instead of M. There's it's all good. No worries. We fixed that right away. There you go. Got it right. Okay, there we go. We're good. <laughs> that's why the flat. That's why the flags are up, is they can tell me what I uh, need to reference, whether it's the Marine Corps. Oh yeah, I did it right. The Marine Corps. There you go. Warriors. Yeah. There. 
All right, baby. Hey, this is a, a good thing. Um, I just looked down. We've been going on for over a half hour. That that means uh, you were a good guest because if it's only like three minutes and you're like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing. Um, but yeah, we got to wind it up. Uh, we have your website up there. Thank you so much for coming on uh, and joining the show. And hopefully we can get some people out there that have their own little ambitions to be in journalism to, to check out mjv.network. M is in Michael. Oh, you mean that one? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let's pronounce it. I think you said MJV. It's MVJ. Oh, see, I, I fucked it up too, Jeremy. Sydney, look, I did it right. I did it right. Listen, listen, military veterans in journalism. Your name is too confusing. <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you guys. It's a pleasure seeing you again, Jeremy, from you the government. Warriors hike um, in Virginia Beach. Oh, you guys it's, know each other? So, <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, <laughs> she was yeah. the business card I told you about when we were in Virginia Beach. I said, "Hey, we have a female marine who is here who's into journaling and wants to get into podcasting." And I, oh, I, get, I, I texted you the, the her business card for that, and yeah. uh, you're like, "Yeah, let's get her on." Dude, I yeah, she's that. got she's got her silkies across America coin. That's let me see yeah, that right well, here. That, oh, look at that, sweet. Awesome. Well, usually before I let people go, I say you got to come on a um, silky hike with us, but you've already been on one. So that means you got to come on more silky hikes with us. I do. And I was uh, risking it, you know, with, with COVID, like I didn't have COVID, but you know, just, we were, you know, <coughs> Kevin we, does. we're safely social distancing. So it turned out fine. But you know, I was like, the mission continues. This is a great event. I went to the one in New York and I had a great time and I had a great time again in Virginia beach. Yeah. They're always a good time. Uh, always have fun at those. That's right. thanks to Mary Williams. Yep. I made that plug. Oh, nice. All right, baby. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll have you on again sometime because, uh, you just have a lot to say and I think it's in good info, especially with people who are trying to find something after military service, find that meaning and um, I think creativity and journalism, all that stuff really gives people a lot of meaning. So thank you for taking your time to come on the show. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Have a good night and take care. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. I think I said it before. Uh, we got to stop having cool people on the show because it makes us look worse. <laughs> I mean, she's a real journalist. So now we look really bad. I know people are like, what the <sighs> fuck am I watching? Who are these yahoos? Why isn't she running it? Like shit, we screwed up now. <laughs> so here's, here's this. Now I'm in a conundrum because we've gone over our time, but it's not like, it's not like anyone's cares that we go over our time. I just try to keep it at an hour, but I, I have been trying to watch. I always need a good laugh. Uh, I've been trying to bring up the Egyptian police Academy graduation ceremony now for like a month, but we never have time. It's always the last thing. And it always, really? Jeremy, let's pull up the Egyptian police Academy graduation. And I know that's like, we just finished talking to someone and it's a horrible transition. <laughs> let's go from an interesting interview to this, but again, we're running short of time and this is just something that I feel I have to share uh, with everyone in the world. Wow. First of all, these dudes are studs, right? They're they're jacked. Should a translator find what they're saying. Do you ever go to Egypt? I want to go now. 
Egypt's awesome. Uh, I didn't think I ever went. That's why I say that. Like I remember, I don't remember being there, but a friend of mine sent me a picture of me in Egypt. I was like, Oh, I guess I was there. <laughs> but there's something about the North Koreans do this too. And Egypt's, you know, by no means is crazy as North Korea, but they do these things. They do these little events. This is insane. Can you imagine the Marine Corps graduation and they have you guys climbing buildings? Yes, actually, I could I could see that. That'd be great. And I'd do it all over again. Yeah, maybe America's doing it wrong. Maybe we need to do more of this. Yeah, but you see that guy in the very back, the way he was holding that pistol, he's barely holding that grip. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Third world does that. They they have very poor um uh what would you weapons call weapons handling? We weapons handling, absolutely. Shooting from the look at these guys standing on the car. Jacked. Now I feel bad about myself. Gilly suits. Where are these they? Are, these are cops too. These are police. These aren't even the military. But I guess in, th in the third world, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's all the same. That's all. It wasn't as funny as I remembered it being in my in my brain. Um, I laughed a lot at that. And uh, not so much tonight. Uh, a couple other last things I want to bring up, because if we don't make it through these, then we didn't even do any news tonight. We didn't do anything like that. Yeah, man. It's no secret that 21 Gun Podcast is obsessed with Space Force. And I think it has something <laughs> to do with the founder of 21 Gun being a uh, Air Force guy. And I used to be, we used to be the youngest branch, but now we have the Space Force. And it's just, it. I just can't wrap my head around it. Like there's a whole other uh force out there with their own uniforms well i don't know if they have their own uniforms or anything like that yet but they're jumpsuits and i want to pick on them i really really do but they keep doing awesome things and they're studs right so you think about like who's who's going to be a stud he's at the bar uh he's a he's an underwater navy diver that that um uh i was going to say dismiss disarms mines or whatever air force colonel set to transfer to space force while in orbit when NASA astronaut Michael Hopkins arrived at the International Space Station this week, he plans on making one small change to his professional title, which will mark one giant leap for America's newest branch. The Air Force colonel and commander of SpaceX Crew-1 mission, which launched in orbit on Sunday. I, I watch all these, by the way. I freaking, I'm obsessed with, with space. Um, Hopkins, 51, is scheduled to transfer to the Space Force in a ceremony aboard the International Space Station. In doing so, Hopkins will become the first space force astronaut in in orbit inter-service transfer is meant to highlight more than 60 years of cooperation between nasa and the department of defense so make fun of it if you want but that's pretty damn cool dude's, dude's a badass dude, dude launches himself into space i did a uh, re-enlistment ceremony um i can't remember the dude's name now off the top of my head but uh uh, in the C-130 while flying a combat mission, uh, we were low level. And we we're like, let's just do the swear in now. So we grabbed a flag and we were all kitted out. We're flying, bouncing around. And we did a swear in ceremony there, which I thought was kind of cool. But no, I would say if you're up in the International Space Station, that's about as cool as it gets. I mean, hey, man, where are you getting promoted? Ah, oh, Camp Lejeune. Oh, uh, something Air Force based. Oh, Fort Bragg. I'm in fucking space, bro. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I'm all about Space Force now. I'm going to have to start buying their merch. <laughs> and last Damn thing it. I wanted to bring up, last thing, um, is last week or two weeks ago, we we were having trouble getting Navy pictures on because the Navy wouldn't let us do it without paying. 
And it, it, when I was looking up these pictures, it dawned on me that I have a irrational fear of black water, like just deep black water, like jumping in would scare the shit out of me. I remember during, um, water survival, we had to do something like that. Uh, I can't remember where it was now. Pensacola. We had to like dive in and then, and then swim under a, um, uh, parachute. And at one point they, you know, parasailing, they put you up 500 feet on a parasail and then you, you disconnect and then you just coast down and then you land in the middle of the water and you have to, you know, blow up your emergency boat. And it's, it's it did, maybe that's where it all stemmed from. I have no idea, Maybe, but, but, uh, yeah, looking at those pictures and everything, I'm like, I'm terrified of that. And then I find this video, pull this one up here. This just solidified the flame Do you know door? which video it is? No, it's the, the flamethrower one's pretty cool. This is the uh, Alaskan whale picture. Or video. Oh, here we go. The humpback whale. Nope, that's not it. Got to pause that. Yeah, Stand that's by. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah I got to bring it up. Stand by. Okay, check this out. So pretend you're swimming. You're like, oh, it's nice over here. I'm just going to go for a little. I'm just going to put my little toes in the water. Maybe, maybe swim a little bit. Oh, look, a boat. Oh, what the fuck is that? What's that? What? What? What's that? that's it that's it i will never <laughs> i will never Slow swim bumps. in black water again that's it i've made people do things in life that and apparently i, I read the uh, article about that and it's like a like a well i'm gonna make that part up but it's like a 300 foot cliff right there so the the town it, or whatever the pier is on the side of a cliff, an ocean cliff. And those docks are at super, super deep water. And I guess the whales come up under there, but that was scary. That scared the shit. I'm going to have nightmares about that. Yo. Uh, so if you actually give me a quick second, I can actually show you a kayaker being swallowed by a whale. Yes. Ooh, yeah, got to bring that up. one up real quick. Oh man. That was swallowed. Get out. You, watch. Just, just watch. Is that California? Watch, watch the yellow one. Watch the yellow one. He's off screen. There he is. Yep. Give it a second. It's going to pan over to the yellow one. And whoa. <gasps> oh, holy shit. Oh. She got out, right? Or he got out? Uh, yes. Both people got out safely. <laughs> Dude, you don't ever want me to swim in the ocean again. You're I welcome. Enlist, I will never enlist in the Navy. Family tradition since the Civil War. And I'm old. So, all right. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we uh, can wrap up this wonderful, wonderful program. Folks, thank you for checking out the 21 Gun Podcast, the official podcast of the Irreverent Warriors. Head out to the hike this Saturday in San Antonio, Texas, or maybe the December 5th in, where's December 5th? Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada, or perhaps uh, the Silkies and Sequins hike. I said that. Key West hike on December 12th. Did I get that part right? That's nice. It. Remember, on December 15th, we're going to be live at Revival 1869. Next week, our show will be on Wednesday night, not Thursday night. Um, and we still got to put that together. And go over to 21gun.net. Spell it out, 21gun.net. You can reach us there. If you ever want to come on the show, all you reverent warriors, if anyone wants to come on the show, seriously, just reach out and ask and we'll get you on. But if we get you on, you best show up, people from last week. Uh, that's all I got. Jeremy, you got anything? Other than that, you know, Again, if you haven't got your tickets for Silkies and Sequins, it's it's a night you'll never forget. Dress up nice and fancy. It's Christmas themed. You might see some sequin silkies. You never know. Get that to a hike. Know. 
if you're not if, if you're feeling down during these times of holidays you know we get that time of you know isolation don't do it reach out have a friendsgiving christmas whatever new year's just don't be alone are we allowed to have thanksgiving i thought that was outlawed <laughs> prevent me from sharing my smoked turkey and i'm gonna hurt somebody i i thought they canceled everything that makes life good i thought uh thanksgiving yeah good luck on that one yeah no um, awesome well everyone till next week take care <laughs>